Welcome to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. On this podcast, Jill shares stories of living a life of faith and mental illness. Jill is a popular speaker, pastor, and author who speaks from her experience living with complex PTSD, a major depressive disorder, anxiety disorder, and a dissociative disorder. And now, here's your host. Hi, this is Jill Riley. Thanks so much for listening in to Post Traumatic Faith, a podcast devoted to the topics of mental illness and faith. For those of you who are making this a weekly habit to listen in for 15 minutes to my thoughts on faith after trauma, I would love it if you would stop by podcast, leave a review, leave some comments. I read all of them and I really appreciate your time that you spend not only listening, but also giving me some feedback. So thanks in advance for reviews and I really appreciate it. For today's episode, I wanted to take you back to the beginning of my journey in the mental health community. I did not ever consider myself to be mentally ill or to have mental health challenges other than depression. I was being treated for depression for probably about a decade before the the whole thing crashed, but I didn't consider myself to be mentally ill. But about five years ago, something happened and it changed my perspective and it changed my attitude and my understanding of the mental health community a lot. So about five years ago, I was in a level one psych hospital after a major breakdown. Now, don't be too quick to judge. It felt like one minute my world was totally in order. I had a church. I had several businesses that I was running. I had four kids that were growing up right on schedule. Um, You know, it's not that life was not without its challenge, but it certainly wasn't breaking down to the point that I thought I needed hospitalization. But one minute my world was in it in order. And the next minute, doctors and nurses were asking if I felt like I had any special powers or heard voices. Now, I'm not joking. These are the questions that the intake people were asking me. And I was thinking, special powers or hear voices? What is wrong with you? I didn't know what I was signing up for when the clinicians had suggested that I admit myself for hospitalization. But one of the first things they do is they take all of your luggage and go through it to make sure that there is no contraband. By contraband, I mean they took my shoelaces. They took the strings from my running shorts, my leg racers, and I felt like they took my privacy and some of my dignity. They took my knitting needles for crying out loud, this thing that is soothing and creative. They took my knitting needles, and when I asked about them, they said, Jill, really? At a psych facility, you want sharp, pointy sticks? And so they went through my luggage and took out all the contraband. Um, for months, months, literally doctors evaluated my mental health. Uh, there were multiple methodologies that were used to help me get in touch with my inner child. There was equine therapy with horses that were, I swear, 150 years old. I don't know if that was more therapeutic for them just to, you know, prove that they were alive or if they were therapeutic for me, which I didn't really think they were, but there was equine therapy. There was a ropes course, which I loved. I figured out that I am not a wall climber. 
I don't have that special power. Um, and I figured out that I could jump off of a 30 foot pole flat in the air, just floating down to the ground, which I never would have imagined that I would do being the fact that I'm scared of heights. Uh, we did a lot of art therapy, a lot of art therapy, um, in a severely under-resourced art room that had little more than old magazines and crayons and paper, but certainly no knitting needles, but did art therapy and enjoyed that a lot. I learned there about yoga, about how important that is for the mind and body connection, and I have been a yoga fan ever since. There was Tai Chi, which I never tried, meditation, which it was really hard to get my brain to shut up. Meditation is of the the most important ways for us to get in connection with not only ourselves, our God, our, our systems, our bodies, but meditation was really, really hard for me at first because my mind was so overactive and so busy. There was brainwave analysis, there was light therapy, spiritual reflection, and countless hours of talk therapy. While, while the institution is paid good money to help its clients find a more beautiful life. The way they do that is by shining a light on the ugly parts of ourselves. It was pretty torturous. And I will have to say as a caveat here, I realized that I was privileged to be in a a private hospital, not in a state hospital where there was... Um, there was more resources available to me than in than in some of the other you know other resources that uh, that are available on the planet. <clears throat> but for ten thousand dollars a week, this hotel refused to give us caffeine past eight a.m. and no sugar ever. It was kind of like they were saying sugar and caffeine are drugs, kids. You might as well be shooting up or smoking crack. So in the morning, I would get up extremely early, skip equine therapy, take my thermos and fill it up with coffee. And then I would have caffeinated coffee all day. Um, as far as sugar, there was no sugar at all, except for when my husband came to visit and snuck some in in my thermos. But no sugar. And, you know, I learned something different, too, that if you have enough sugar substitute, the hospital had figured out a way to make really good sugar substitute desserts and juice and things like that. But I couldn't figure out after about two weeks of, of eating there, why I had such bad gas, like why I've never been a gassy person for a, for an extended length of time, but it's the sugar substitute. So just a warning kids, stay away from the sugar substitute because it gives you gas. Anyway, we were cut off from the outside world except through occasional calls made through the 1970s rotary dial phones and the good old USPS, the, the postal service. Um, there was no music except for some really bad Zen pan flute whining from this sad little music box that sat in the corner of the, uh, of the art room. But it was a virtually silent environment except for other people's voices. It was made to, 
to help us to concentrate on the issues at hand and concentrate on our therapy, but it seemed stripped down of anything that was bright and lively. The TV was even monitored and wasn't on for very long every day. So it felt very surreal and it felt like I was drowning every single day. We had no access to the internet, no access to our phones. Everything was cut off and meant to focus on ourselves. So diagnoses were made, medications were prescribed, and after a couple of long months, I was set free to bless the world with my newly enlightened self. Now I look back and I can barely remember my former life. After several years back home, after therapy and treatment, I can finally go into public again, but only under certain conditions. I can't go into crowds that are too large. I don't really want anybody to touch me very much uninvited. There should be no startling noises like fireworks or sneezing or bird chirping, anything unexpected. Um, I also have earplugs or uh, earphones that I can put in my ears so I can get into either total Batman cave quality sound silence or uh, listen to music so I can um, I can distract myself from whatever outside noises are driving me crazy. I'm still at a point where I feel sad because I've lost what was formerly a busy and productive life. And sometimes my relationships feel hollow because I've spent so much time investing in other people and now I'm just a friend. I'm just another person in the world. And all of the things, all of the trappings that used to make my personhood feel festive, like accomplishments and jobs and accolades and crowds and influence are all gone now. I work from home. I work in silence. I have my puppy to talk to who doesn't talk back very well. But probably the most important thing that I've learned over the past years of two times a week trauma therapy, regular visits to a psychiatrist, and lots of helping friends is to pay attention to my own needs and my own feelings. I live now with anxiety and depression that kind of rolls in and out like the ocean tide, but I'm able to manage it because I have better tools and much, much better awareness. Um, I feel bad sometimes that my emotions are held together by pharmaceuticals, uh, two to four appointments a week with doctors and therapists. It's held together with a lot of spilled coffee, stubbornness, and prayer. Um, To make this a more weighty matter, pun intended, the drugs have contributed to a 50-pound weight gain, mostly in my ass, and I'm basically a yellow, round... uh, emoji and yoga pants, but I feel a little lost a lot of times because of how much life has changed. But in the midst of this, I've decided to voluntarily prioritize myself. To come to a place where you're forced to focus on yourself is a tragedy. To choose to is a gift. And so today and every day, I choose to prioritize myself, whether it is using the tools that I learned through art therapy or 
through music or through writing, creativity. Certainly, you won't find me out jumping off of any telephone poles. Uh, but all of the most of the other tools that I learned helped me to be productive and to be happy and to understand myself better. So whatever it takes this week for you to make a little decision uh, or a big decision, but a little decision on something that will help you prioritize yourself voluntarily, I encourage you to do that because sometimes if we don't do that and we leave ourselves at neglect for long enough, there becomes a point where somebody else will make those decisions for us like they did for me. So thank you once again for listening to Post Traumatic Faith. Let's you and I continue to break down the stigmas around mental illness and faith in the faith communities and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast with Jill Riley. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can follow Jill on social media, on Facebook, facebook.com slash jillreilly.author, on Instagram at jillreilly.author, or on Twitter at Jill Riley Author. You can reach Jill via email, jill at jillreilly.org. Thanks for listening.